Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Morticia. Morticia is an uh, artist and a huge Bloodborne fan, as most people are that are come on the show. Um, they tell me all about their sh- favorite shipping people, favorite ships, I should say, um, <clears throat> as well as the actual game stuff itself. It was a really interesting and entertaining episode that I think all of you are going to enjoy. back because I kind of knew about Dark Souls from like years ago but it was just in my periphery I wasn't really interested in like those type of games at the time like really the games I was playing back when it was like the like the franchise started was mostly just like games on Nintendo or I was playing the Persona series and that was just I wasn't really thinking about that like I didn't have a PlayStation like 3 or anything like that so I couldn't play like the original Dark Souls or anything like that Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until maybe about a couple years later that I was I saw a fan art of the series, like I think it was Dark Souls 3. And again, it was just in my periphery. So I didn't really like pay attention to it. I was just like, oh, okay, it looks kind of looks that looks cool, but I wasn't really interested in it. My only impression of Dark Souls as a series was that it had that um, I guess you could say that's not stereotype but just like that impression that it was like a game that's for hardcore gamers and it's too hard for you like that's really my impression of what dark souls was it was like this super hard video game that only big bad gamers know how to play so that was the reason why i wasn't interested in it because like okay that seems like it's way too advanced for me sure but um i think what like I think I think this the game that got me actually into the series was Bloodborne because I heard about it here and there. I heard that, like I mentioned before, like it's a very hard game for super mm. hard gamers, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna try and try it out. And I also saw some fan art too from I don't know if you know about like game like um Dream Daddy, yeah. like the artist for that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she made like fan art of. Alfred and the Hunter. And so I was like, oh, these characters look really cool. So I like got into it because of her fan art as well. I need I have and got then, to go look that up because um I'm that game, I don't play much many video games on PC or anything, so I kind of skipped it, but it's getting a PS4 release and I'm so excited about it. Like a Yeah. A friend of mine did a Dream Daddy rap <laughs> about it. So like I've been <laughs> I've been just kind of absorbing stuff about this game, but I haven't had a chance to play it yet. So I'm pretty stoked. Yeah, yeah, I heard it's very good. And so I know that with the PS4 release, I added new content to it and also like different endings that they kind of like scrapped from the the original game. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and like definitely buy that as well. <laughs> but, nice. but back to like Bloodborne and everything like that. Yeah, I got it actually a year ago, like in October-ish of last year. Mm-hmm. And I played through it. Yeah, I played through a bit of it, and I didn't know what to expect. Like, the game just sort of, like, drops you in. Like, after playing, like, the Dark Souls games, that actually kind of give you a little bit of backstory before they just drop you in there. Bloodborne was sort of just like, okay, you made your character, 
and there's a werewolf on fire and there's those weird <laughs> things on you and now you're in a hospital and then you just have to figure it out. It's really like, okay, like, I guess I'll figure this out on my own. And pretty much like, yeah, it's, like, the learning curve for Bloodborne was really hard. Like I spent maybe like no less than eight hours just in the first area of the game. Just trying to I come, to, come to grips with the controls. Yeah, not only that, but because I kept getting killed by the mobs where that burning like werewolf carcass is in the middle of town. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I kept getting killed because I didn't know that you could just bum rush it and just like run past them. Like I thought that, oh, I should like kill all the enemies in this area or something like that. And that just made it more frustrating because I was running out of blood vials and I had to grind and then I would lose, like die, then I would grind again and I would get a little bit further, then die again. <laughs> and it was just really frustrating. And I was really upset because when I got to the cleric beast fight, then that's kind of where it's almost like broke me because I was like, oh my God, what am I doing wrong that I can't even get past this boss fight? And it didn't help that when I looked at the the guides online they said like oh this is a this is the easiest boss in the game and i'm like great that makes me feel worse <laughs> but yeah like what, what um, weapon were you using out of curiosity i think i actually picked the axe at first okay. which is all right if you like actually play through the game but it's very slow compared to like um the saw the saw cleaver mm-hmm. and so while the axe was really good for like it's like it's like R2 attack. I was just sort of just like going through it really slowly and enemies could like hurt me easier. And so I think that's another reason I was very frustrated because I was just sort of like not using a weapon that would have been good for a beginner. Mm-hmm. Technically. Um, but yeah, that's the first weapon I think I used. I don't know which gun that I used. I just never really used the guns when I was playing through Bloodborne. Yeah. It's just like... It's whatever. Like the only reason I kept them around was to do move parries. Yeah, it's um, that's the, that was definitely my my style too. Like I just didn't understand anything to do with the gun except to try to parry stuff, and even that was like working maybe twenty percent of the time. So I was like, well, this is just a waste of everything. Like I'm just not going. To yeah. With it. <laughs> yeah, like like Bloodborne is just a game where you have to get the timing down perfectly, mm-hmm. and once you get the timing down, it feels really satisfying. But before then, you're just sort of just like like just hobbling around trying to get a feel of the controls and you're trying to and basically it feels like you're playing the game wrong for like the first several hours because you don't know what you're doing wrong <laughs> especially without any kind of previous uh, experience with the souls game so you know and and bloodborne yeah. is even so dramatically different from those that it can be it can be a difficult first time it definitely yeah that's what i kind of realized it's sort of just like wow i kind of accidentally probably got into the Soulsborne series with a game that has the steepest learning curve and just <laughs> plopped you in there. And like eventually I got to the Cleric Beast and I got to Gascoigne's fight. And I kind of got stuck there for a while. And around that time, I believe, when I was playing it, I had to take a trip, like a vacation to see my family and stuff like that in another state. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped playing it for a while. And then I, <laughs> this is really funny, but it's like I had the bright idea of like saying like oh okay this this game have like 
like shipping content and stuff like that. <laughs> and so I Googled it. And yeah, like lots of people do ship um, Alfred and the Hunter. And that's, I was like, okay. And this is before like I knew who Alfred was. And sure, so I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Like this is really good. And like, I really like this. And so that was, that was like literally the motivation to like get through that part of the game was because I was like, okay, I want to know who Alfred is and who all these other characters are because I know that I'm just in like the beginning stages of the game. And so pretty much that like motivated me to do that. The idea of somebody just like putting bloodborne ships into Google is really funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how I, that's literally just how I like operate sometimes. Cause usually when I get into like, different fandoms or whatever like usually the thing that actually sorry that's my cat but the thing that actually just gets me into the game is like what the game is about the gameplay etc and the second thing that usually gets me into it that makes me stay is like the characters and their relationship dynamics and etc etc yeah bloodborne is um and man, I've recorded like four episodes of a, of this podcast this week. So I've been talk I've been just immersed in Bloodborne all weekend. Um, mm-hmm. And Bloodborne is definitely like the thing that keeps coming up is the, the the characters, even though they're relatively slight in terms of like how much they talk to you, they they mm-hmm. they, they they work so well with just very very little. So you get you get yeah. people that are become really emotionally attached to these characters or create these entire you know these entire fictions around it based on the lore that creating all of these stories and things around it which i find it just fascinating and i love it so much yeah exactly like the other like technically like the other fandoms i've been in like i guess you could say fandoms like the things i've been in before like soulsborne were like way like not like soulsborne related at all mm-hmm. like a lot of my friends were like wow I, do, I can't believe you actually got into like this these games like i don't know what and it's like I don't know either. <laughs> I was just because usually I would just stick to like anime, like sort of fandoms or like cartoons or what have you, mm-hmm. like or just video game fandoms like Persona, like I mentioned before. Like getting into Dark Souls and Bloodborne was like kind of out of the left field, and because of that, like the one thing that kind of like um, was different for me with Bloodborne was that the fandom wasn't really like a fandom like I'm used to interacting with Mm -hmm. because when you kind of think about Soulsborne and Bloodborne, like majority of people seem to want to talk about like just the lore or just like not really talking about like shipping or anything like that, I guess you could say. And so it was sort of like, Oh, like it's not very, I'm not sort of like, I'm not really used to that. If that makes any sense. And so I kind of had to like, find other people who are on the same wavelength as me which is kind of rare i found out but the people that i did find find and like talk to and stuff like that we have lots of fun talking about like our head cannons or the character dynamics or what have you and yeah just pretty much like i have to kind of like make my own content in that regard and just like put it out there and then the people who were on the same wavelength as me just kind of flock to that sure just yeah. how they've managed it's um it's been really interesting because uh like I'd, i i i was i knew what shipping was um mm-hmm. you know but it was only in the last couple of years that i've kind of not necessarily gotten into it because i still don't like read a lot of fanfic and stuff like that but um uh yeah but just kind of learning how the souls community specifically has has i guess not adopted but kind of built a community around some of the some of the stuff and uh 
Yeah. It's it's been fascinating. Like we um episode sixty nine of this podcast was uh was four women um who are all gay, just basically just going crazy on Lady Maria. Like they just wanted to talk about how much they yeah. like Lady Maria. And um Yeah. During that podcast, uh we kinda we said some. I don't remember quite what we said, but we said something like, "Oh, some people ship, you know, Maria with uh, German, and that's gross." And like, ooh, like everyone said. You know, but then, <laughs> uh, an artist reached out. This, this Italian woman named Sarah reached out and was like, "Hey, um, I actually like. I'm I'm real into this German Maria thing. I draw art for it. Like, I want to come on the show and talk about it." And that opened up my eyes so much to people that are are just. It's li- literally anything. Like, like it can be just anything. Yeah. And people get so much into these kind of even quote unquote fringe like shipping stuff between characters and I'd I think it's just fascinating and great like I love that the, the, the these games can kind of inspire that kind of reaction in any way yeah like that's the kind of thing I'm like like I mentioned I'm used to talking about like just talking about like the characters and what dynamics you can put which character with which and mm-hmm. just like yeah like like just pretty much like seeing like how these different dynamics work or what you can like just basically putting your own flair onto these dynamics because with the hunter like they're just like your self-insert pretty much like you can make them anything that makes it really fun for me to see other people's interpretations of their hunters like their personalities or their backstories or what have you and seeing how they interact with these already established characters in the game so i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna call you out uh, what, mm-hmm. which, what's your favorite ship in Bloodborne? I'm, I'm, gonna, make, I'm gonna make you say it out loud. <laughs> it's the Hunter and Alfred. Definitely Alfred. Definitely Alfred. <laughs> I love people. I love asking people that question because they're always like slightly embarrassed to answer it for some reason. <laughs> it is it's because it's just like I don't know. It's just it's just embarrassing because it's something that I guess I never talk about out loud. Yeah, yeah. or something like that. It's something that I usually just like type or something um what is it about alfred specifically you think uh, <laughs> um well it's just sort of just like i don't really know it's just sort of like the fact that when you first meet him in the game he's just like this dude <laughs> that's the bad way of putting it. he's just like this dude and <laughs> he's just praying at this altar and you think at first that he's like normal and yeah he's just normal and He's friendly and stuff like that. And then turns out later on that, oh no, he he just like 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 cold blooded murdered this lady, I guess. And it's like, oh yeah, like he Yeah, like like he's uh, he wasn't really all there in the first place. Where was he hiding that pyramid hat from? <laughs> like like how, where, where were you? Doing? That yeah. <laughs> yeah, like where were you hiding that wheel? I, I need like, the answers, Alfred. Like where where were you hiding the wheel? <laughs> where where was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just like yeah, like, I think the reason why I shipped the Hunter and Alfred was because, like, I don't have, like, in my own, like, OC or original character mm-hmm. that I, like, project into my player character. I just ship, like, the actual, like, vanilla from soft design <laughs> with sure, him. Sure, yeah, yeah. Hunter's cloak, like, saw spear, the whole nine. <laughs> yeah, uh, and so it's yeah, just... Saw spear, I think. Yeah, pretty much, because, like, I know that from soft probably, like, intended for... The hunter to be like this cool stoic guy who like kills stuff and what have you but it's also just like imagining that he like this main character with no personality like 
has to look cool and aloof because they have to stay alive in this town that's trying to kill them constantly mm -hmm. and encountering like alfred who is like this rich sunshine and it's just like so overtly nice to this hunter who's probably never had like a positive interaction in yarnum so far is what <laughs> i like it's, and i um, think it's just really cute it's fascinating how much uh like fan art of the hunter uh that i see where it's the, the hunter is just extremely cute and you know or being extremely yeah. cute at different characters like it's it's so interesting to me that uh in a game where everything is like dark and gothic and monstrous that um, even mm. with the kind of like sad monstrosities that Miyazaki is known for, like people look at that and they're like, Oh no, I want, I want it to be better. Like I want, like someone told me one time that they wanted crow, uh, Eileen and um, the hunter to, to live forever on a farm raising chickens or something. Like, it's just like really cute. Like, the amount of wholesome yeah. that you get out of Bloodborne is just in the, from the community is just crazy to me. Yeah. I think it's just like, it's like, I guess, the opposite effect just because Bloodborne is so dark and just depressing and everyone basically just, like, just croaks it at the end. Like, there's no happy ending to it mm -hmm. that people seek out those, like, kind of, like, alternate universe, like, fantasies where it's so like, oh, I want Eileen and the Hunter to just be friends and just, like forever on a farm or something like that because that's extremely cute actually <laughs> and i think at the same vein is sort of like yeah i think that's the reason why like lots of people project their own like dynamics onto these characters because it's like like yeah like in the game you get enough like lore or interactions with them to kind of flesh out their characters but that's the one thing i wish that bloodborne had was that you could just like have more options just to hang out with them i don't know this is like <laughs> i just want like more like inner wanted more interactions like that I, we just keep, because i want to see i always always oh, joke on. that uh namco is going to since um they don't really like they're they've they've said like they're not making any more dark soul games that namco was always going to do the uh like the the dating sim based on dark souls characters <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's what you're getting like you just want like the side quest where you literally just date all of the bloodborne characters and get to pick your main guy that, or, or main lady that's literally that's literally what i want <laughs> that's literally what i want everybody that's says just... bloodborne card is coming out but no i, I, I believe it's going to be the bloodborne dating game that we all deserve <laughs> i want that like it, like it's like i joke around that alfred's quest line is pretty much like a dating sim quest line except mm -hmm. his end like his end is like the bad end <laughs> like everyone is a like you can pretty much say like everyone's every character's quest in bloodborne is like a dating sim like quest but it's like all the ends are bad ends regardless yeah it's just every it's like the worst date every worst date that you've ever had just all bundled up into one is generally the ending of an npc quest line <laughs> like nobody comes out alive <laughs> or happy or good or anything so yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's sort of just like, like, as I was saying before, like, I wish that Bloodborne just had like more of those smaller interactions where you get to know about the characters, like more in detail, like, especially like their backgrounds, because I always wanted to know about Eileen. Like, where exactly is she from? Like, you all, all that you really know is that she is from not from Yarnum, originally, at least. And she's just sort of this mysterious character that sort of helps you out, but she's kind of like Sonuri about it. That's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the I can describe it. And yeah, like she's probably like like one of my other favorite characters too. And I always do her questline every time I complete the game. 
And it's just sort of like, yeah, I just want to know more about her, especially with like the bloody crow and everything like that at the end of her quest line. Yeah. Are you, uh, like, since you were playing it for the first time um, and you didn't, you didn't have kind of any previous experience with the souls games. Was it kind of weird because the way that you interact with NPCs and bloodborne, I feel like is pretty dramatically different than a lot of other games. Like they just kind of disappear and show up at random spots later. <laughs> was it, yeah, was it weird like, trying to keep track of all of them? Uh, no, actually not. Like after I played like dark souls a couple months after like the remaster, I realized mm-hmm. bloodborne is way easier keeping track of that. Cause dark souls is just like, feels like everything's like sprawling and it's so big and you don't know where everything is at. And Bloodborne is, like, condensed just to maybe, like, a couple big areas, just, like, a couple main areas. So it wasn't really that hard to figure out, like, where people are. Because with Eileen's questline, I accidentally got to her second stage of the questline mm-hmm. where you fight Henrik. Because I was, like, I had to go somewhere. And the lantern for Gascon's um, boss fight, like, the Tomb of Odin, wasn't working so I was like oh okay I'm just gonna walk down there and just do what I need to do and I just like walked in there like an idiot and I got attacked by Henrik and I was like what the hell is going on <laughs> and I was like freaking out and as I died I saw Eileen and I was like oh my god it's Eileen and so like I respond I was rushing just bum rushing back to the tomb of Odin and I helped her kill him and that's when you get like the the dialogue where Pretty much, he talks about Henrik. He talks about Gascoigne, and pretty much saying like, "You didn't have to do that," and stuff like that. And so, I accidentally got to like her the second stage of her quest line because I didn't really know where to find her. No, yeah, I didn't even know where to find her because I didn't even get her second dialogue where she's like, "Yeah, don't go to the, the tomb of Odin." I just like walked into the tomb of Odin and didn't even know where <laughs> she was at after. And then that's when, um, in the third stage of her quest line, that's when you find her bloody by the main cathedral and that's when she goes through the whole dialogue like yeah don't go in there there's a crazy dude in there he's gonna kill you it's cool i'm i'm not dying it's fine and the hunter is and like uh, there's, when, there's been a crazy dude in there trying to kill in every a crazy dude trying to kill me in every room that i've gone into in this game so far <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty much it and so like yeah with the bloody crow just like to go off a little bit topic yeah with the bloody crow i actually am in the minority people who fought against them and actually love playing against them because <laughs> like lots of people like their experience with him is like very very negative like they just absolutely cannot stand him mm-hmm. which is understandable because if you're fighting him for the first time it's like he is so insanely unfair and the fact that he can like literally one shot you by shooting you is like really funny like the guns like of all that time in Bloodborne, like the guns actually do substantial damage to you <laughs> in yeah, that absolutely. fight. Yeah, <laughs> but it's sort of just like yeah, it took me maybe a handful of times to beat him, and then I kind of like grinded, leveled up, and went back to him right before I actually finished my first playthrough for the game. And as long as I use like the one elixir that kind of make that kind of turns you invisible, I can't think about it at the moment. Was it the blue elixir? I think it's the blue one. Yeah, I don't. I don't really use a lot of those items, but I'm pretty sure it's the blue one. Yeah, I think I used that, and I just sort of like I didn't really cheese him. I was just sort of like trying to like parry him as much as possible and just try to get some like hits in. But it was really fun because it was very aggressive. And then I finally defeated him, and then I finished Eileen's quest line. 
And after that, I was like, I want to know, like, what's the connection between Eileen and the Bloody Crow? Like, there's not, there's no lore about the Bloody Crow at all, except for the fact that he's like a crazed hunter gone mad and he's killing everyone. That's kind of like the impression that you get from him. And um, yeah, I just want to know, like, were they hunting partners before? Like, did they team up? Because he's wearing the, like, the exact same, like, coat that Eileen is wearing. And it's like, I want to know more about that. And, and like, they, it's like, there's nothing there to like, 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 ex, like expand on that. Like, all I know is that the Bloody Crow was like, Kanehurst, like adjacent, like he's mm-hmm. there. But if he's, but like, it kind of makes me wonder, like if Annalise said that she doesn't have any more like followers or anything, then who's the Bloody Crow? Or does the Bloody Crow like, is not associated with Kainers anymore, or do, or can he just like is he just not able to get to Annalise because of Logarius? It's just like that's sort of just what keeps me up at night. It's just not having explanations for that specific bit of lore. Sure, yeah. I need to uh, introduce you to um, some of the Don't Give Up Skeleton community because I think you'd fit right in because they um, there's a segment of the of the community that just uh, goes all in for these lore questions and they get so detailed about really really tiny small things and they just you know, they will you know they zoom in on like you know a, a, a pixel width of something and like okay well this kind of looks like that so that makes it that, 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 <laughs> and they kind of come up with their own stuff and it's always very fun and entertaining so I, I got to get you with those guys sometime. Cool. Yeah. Like that's what I like too. Cause also on the topic of the bloody crow, that's what I noticed too. When you go to Keener's castle and you see all the portraits of the Royal guards or the queen and who else, I think I like narrowed it down to a specific portrait where I think it's the bloody crow because he wears something similar in that um, portrait. And he's just like this dude that looks kind of like a shonen and he has like shoulder length brown hair. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure if you like Google it, you can pre- you can find that pretty easily. But I was like, oh, okay, now I have an idea what he looks like. So if I ever draw him, now I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do you are, do you do a lot of fan art for the for the game? Yes, I did. Like I went like hog wild when it when I first like got into it. Like I have like a moment on my Twitter, which I'm going to link later on. But I have a moment on there that kind of like catalogs all like, the Bloodborne art that I've done nice and obviously it's it's like it's not safe for work just for a heads up but like pretty much like it just has like all the different drawings i've done since like last year and the majority of it is just like yeah shipping fan art is just like kind of gaggy fan art that i've done that i just want to just like get out there into the world and it's been well received by people or people have been like telling me like, oh my God, yeah, I've thought about this exact same thing too. And I'm happy that you drew it. And I'm like, yay, that makes me really flattered. That's something that I like to ask about, uh, especially artists that are not familiar with the souls community is like how, what, like how they were accepted coming in. Because uh, I know from my side of it, I kind of got into this community via the, the PVP. Like that was like what I did in dark souls and one the most. And um that side of the community can be real shitty in a lot of different ways. Um, yeah. Um, but then there's, you know, it's, it seems from the limited amount of people that I've interviewed so far, it's like, oh, yeah, I started posting this art on Tumblr or Twitter, and I just immediately had a bunch of new friends. And that's how it's worked for a lot yeah. of people. Yeah, that's literally, like I mentioned before, how it worked for me. Like, I did not know, like, I didn't really didn't care about, like, PvP or, the like, 
the lore, like actually like lore hunting or anything like that, or anything that I think I feel like the majority of the community is involved with. I was just like, I'm just here just to like have fun pretty much. And like, I kind of like, like, I just like, like you mentioned before, I just posted my art online and I talked to different people who were interested in the series as well. And who were on the same like wavelength as me. And I could talk to them easily about things that we both like, like shipping or whatever. And yeah, that's pretty much how it worked out for me. Like the, rest of the community that's interested in like the lore or pvp or what have you like that's fine but it's like something i'm like kind of wholly uninterested in like the lore is interesting i'm just not like down to like talking only just about that more important to to kind of expand upon that what's already there with your own stories is that what (laughs) pretty much like um i don't know if you know know them but like emlan on twitter and tumblr like they were like the reason why i kind of like got into like soulsborne and dark Mm -hmm. so yeah soulsborne in general because like lots of their art is just like just like like taking the characters like in dark souls and putting them in sort of like goofy situations like comical situations (laughs) and so that kind of broke up a little bit so i didn't get i didn't catch the name oh emlen like i don't know if you know yeah like they're like on tumblr and twitter and there i've seen their dark souls art mm-hmm. for a couple years because they draw the twin princes a lot and so my only impression of dark souls for a while was it's a hard game and this really cute like funny domestic fan art of these characters like getting into wacky hijinks and whatever nice. and that's like so basically like yeah, like, Emlan is, like, one of the reasons why, like, I came to the Soulsborne series, kind of wanting to be goofy about it, mm-hmm. because it's so much more, like, fun and satisfying to me just to take these, like, characters into a super serious um, video game that is very dense and very depressing and just putting them in, like, silly situations or seeing what they do on their weekend or off day or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I, I love doing that stuff with um, like any of that out of character, not out of character, but like that out of context stuff, like where you pull like the hunter and show him, you know, the hunter doing something strange at home or watching TV or something. Yeah. Like, that stuff just works for me in a real like, I just love it. Like, it's just always a lot of fun. It's really funny. It's like that kind of like slice of lifey feeling to it that you can't get from like these games because they're just like so serious and there's like nothing in context that's like slice of lifey i suppose mm-hmm. so you just have to kind of like i said make your own hands and think of your own like situations you want to put these characters in yeah it's um th- the amount of like extra content that you can consume whether it's you know tumblr or ao3 or what have you like it's I'd, I had no idea what I was getting into uh, because <laughs> I just assumed people played Souls and just played Souls. And then when I, when I started this podcast, uh, it was it was a kind of an eye opening discovery just to see how much of it is out there. And it's mm-hmm. it, I talk a lot about this with the games. Like it's it's fascinating because there's not like if you talk about Alfred, like Alfred maybe has what like sixty lines of dialogue. If I'm being generous, maybe yeah. <laughs> like compared to your average you know, video game character that just talks at you nonstop. It's just crazy that, that it's that amount and that people go run with it so far. I find it great. I think it's cool. Yeah. I love it too. Yeah. And sort of just like on the topic of Alfred too, I think the reason why, like this is just like off topic. I think the reason why I fell in love with him was because he like snapped 
And it's like, it was like up until that point, I was like, oh yeah, like it's this dude, like he's here. Like I guess in the way I was catfished by the fan art because everyone draws their hunter like a little bit shorter than him. And when I finally got to him in game, he's actually the same height as you. And I was like, oh my god, that, um, um, I'm kind of disappointed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like those. Twitter posts or those like Facebook posts where it's like women won't date men who are under like, six feet. Like that's how I felt. <laughs> like oh, this is what they meant. <laughs> but like going really back, um, there's a um, there, a friend of mine started some controversy in the Bloodborne community in my little sphere of the Bloodborne community. Anyway, because she was um, she was pulling models out to do height comparisons to try to figure out how mm-hmm. tall people were, and um, uh-huh. it she took the hat off of uh, Gascoigne. <gasps> And, uh, and he's and he was bald underneath, so it became yes, like it was. It kind of became like a like a, a not a contest, but it, not, like a, a very um, well intentioned argument about whether or not bald Gascoigne was canon. Um, oh my god! Like fan art was drawn I, of it. There's a whole moment. Like Co uh, has a, a whole moment on Twitter with every single thing that happened, and it's so it's beautiful. And it ended up being uh, culminating with bald Maria fan art, which is even better. Oh yeah, I remember me. that. Oh my god, that stuff is so good. It was really funny just to see Paul Gascoigne. I remember that because, like, it's like a, I remember the, the post. It was, like, the height comparison. And it's, like, the hunter is actually super tiny compared to, like, every single other boss of the game. Probably because, like, you need those visuals so that way it won't get lost. And so that way you can keep track of your character. And so it looks okay when you're playing the game. But when you're, like comparing the models everyone is so much huger than you uh, yeah absolutely. but yeah i remember that post was like gas coin which is it was just bald <laughs> under the hat <laughs> it's like that's oh oh bald gas coin is canon i don't i don't care what you say jake i know you're listening <laughs> <laughs> oh but yeah like i forgot what i was talking oh yeah it was about alfred and so it's like i think i remember that up until that point like yeah, he was friendly and stuff like that, but I didn't really care for him because I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, you're, you're telling me the lore and I don't really know what's going on, but okay, like, sure. And then that's when you give him the letter and he goes and kills the queen and he sets his whole spiel and I'm like, oh, wait, he's actually kind of hot. Cool. Cause like when you fight him, like it's like when you fight him, he like calls you all those names and everything like that. It's mm-hmm. like, it says how filthy you are, and I'm like, okay, like this is kind of cool. This is really <laughs> interesting, guys. This is really cool. I don't know if you guys know about this, but yeah, it's pretty much like yeah, that's why I like him so much because he is just like insane. So we we've talked a lot about Bloodborne, um, but you mentioned you've also played some of the Dark Souls games too. Like when did you? When did you go over to a Dark Souls game from Bloodborne? And which game was it? Um, I think it was a couple months after I played Bloodborne. And it was Dark Souls 3. Because mm-hmm. I am kind of stupid. And I thought like, okay, I can just get into whatever game and jump in. But no, I was kind of like going through Dark Souls 3. Like, kind of like trying to figure out like what's going on. And I was completely lost the entire time. <laughs> and I forgot which point I like left off on. Yeah, I really don't know what part of the game I left off on. I know that I didn't complete it, though, because I was just getting confused. And I think I was in, like... Yeah, I think I just beat the Abyss Washers. Okay. And, like, the skeleton guy, the big one. I don't know his name. Um, <laughs> the skeleton guy. 
Yeah, giant skeleton dude. What is his name? It's not Yorm. Yorm is the big giant dude. Um, yeah. oh, what is the big skeleton dude's name? That's very off-brand for me not to know that. Um, yeah, that's going to bug me. Oh, well, I'm sure that yeah. right now there's a bunch of people yelling at their iPhones or, or car stereos listening to this, and I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> it's com- yeah, pretty In like much, 20 like- minutes, I'm just going to bolt straight up and be like, that guy, and, and name him. So. <clears throat> yeah, I think I left off on Pontiff Sullivan. I think mm-hmm. that's where it's at. And I just remember I was playing with two friends because they were just helping me get through the entire game. And I don't know if you're aware, like familiar with JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and like not, the not, stands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just know about the stands and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, but because he has like that, um, like that phantom that, that like shows up next to him after a certain Sajanism boss fight, mm-hmm. everyone was just screaming that it's a stand. <laughs> That's so okay, good. well, it was like crazy just because like all of us were dying and it was just like a whirlwind of emotions happening. But pretty much like yeah, it was very funny. And and then after I, I couldn't beat that boss, so like I stopped playing and then I waited on the Dark Souls 1 remaster. Sure. And I got through all, I got through most of that until I got to the Gaping Dragon and then I couldn't beat it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to take a break and for like a day or so and then come back to it. And then a day turned into like several months because I got caught up in school. Um, real quick, because I, 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 I just thought about it. Did you ever see the actual JoJo mod that somebody made for Dark Souls 3? No. <laughs> Someone actually gave like it, it, you have the ability like you give it you get a stand that you could use during like like actual combat. Oh my god. Yeah. I'll see if I can dig up a link to you. I know Lobos did a run with it. Uh but I I'll try to find a link to a YouTube video so I can show I can put it in the show notes. But yeah, like there was there was a whole thing which looked really really cool. That's very funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's the yeah, like with Dark Souls, like the first one, like just to go back like a little bit off topic, but yeah, I got into Bloodborne, the Dark Souls 3, the, Dark, the OG Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned before earlier, I had this impression of Dark Souls that it was too hard for you game for the only the hardcore gamers can play. And in a way, it's kind of like, like when you play the original Dark Souls, you know that's just kind of like hyped up. Like that's just sort of like what people say about the game just to make themselves almost like seem cooler. Like, yeah, I play Dark Souls. It's sure, a hard yeah. game. I'm, I'm, I'm a cool guy. But when you actually play Dark Souls, it's not that harsh, actually. Like, it's difficult because you kind of have to pay attention to how the enemies work or how they attack or et cetera, et cetera. But the actual, like, bosses in the game are not that hard. They do not have a lot of HP compared to the bosses in like Dark Souls Bloodborne. And that's what surprised me. I was like, oh, this game is actually like pretty tranquil. It's kind of like slow paced. It's not very, it's not as hard as people were playing it up to be. It's, it's um, challenging. It, it's definitely challenging, and it's so fa- it's so interesting because they lean so hard on that marketing, like the prepare to die, and you're going to die over and over again, and all of that stuff. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like if you compare, like that first boss, Taurus Demon. I mean that that's maybe like a like a minute and a half boss fight. Like if you do it properly, like yeah. it's it's it, he doesn't he's not particularly tough, and it's just it's one of those things where I think the it was so overly exaggerated with everything because it is a difficult game. If you, if you don't pay attention to what the game is trying to tell you, but for the most part, it's I'm like tranquil is a really good word because there's a lot of moments like you, you'll clear an area out of enemies and you're just standing there and it's just 
you're just looking around and you're like oh this is actually kind of peaceful like i might be in the middle of this lava field but like here's a moment where i can like catch my breath a little bit and, and keep and, and, and try to figure out what i'm doing next yeah exactly and that's what kind of surprised me too was that when you actually get into the series and you actually like play it and stuff like that you kind of understand that like you said there was just that whole marketing angle to make it look like this super cool hard game for cool gamers where it's like it's not really that it's just sort of like that's what a lot of fans like projected onto this series and it's actually like not it's not that hard it is hard <laughs> but it's challenging and when you actually get into it you can actually see like i said before like what kind of game it actually is and i feel like yeah there's some people who like like can't play those sorts of games or just not interested but the learning curve in the original dark souls is very easy in my opinion the only thing that sucks that i didn't like about og dark souls is that you can't immediately warp to the bonfires yeah. you have to like that run around thing. everywhere yeah. <laughs> and it sucks so hard and i just hate it <laughs> I like kind of fell off playing it for the time being because I just didn't want to run around everywhere. Yeah, and they actually went back and added um, other bonfires that you could warp to because, like, bef- even like it's it's so limited. Like, you can't warp to every single bonfire, and they're like you get specific bonfires that were that you can only warp to. So, even once you get the ability to warp, like you're still having to truck around a little bit to get to places. So, yeah, yeah, but it's. It's nice. Like the atmosphere is really good, and besides the enemies that can just like murder you and stuff like that, I don't really mind running around everywhere. Especially when you go to like the first bonfire, mm-hmm. and it has and it shows like the peaceful, tranquil music and everything. And it's really nice. And sometimes I just like being in that area for a while and just hearing the music and stuff like that. It's just like it's really calming and everything. Are you uh? Are you- Obviously, you're going to get back to that. Are you also going to go to uh, go back to Dark Souls three and go to Dark Souls two and maybe even pull up Demon Souls, or or you think you might? Yeah, actually, yeah, like um, yeah, I heard bad things about Dark Souls two, <laughs> and everyone was telling me like, no, it sucks, don't don't play it. And I'm like, Aww. okay, I trust you, but I just kind of like want to just maybe play it a little if I can, like, get it for like a cheap price or um, want to playthrough of it because i really don't have any impression of how like, of, like subjectively bad it is i'm just sort of like everyone's told me it's bad and i'm just like okay i'm gonna like i'm gonna take that with a grain of salt it um books seem it's dark souls 2 is really interesting uh it's mm-hmm. it had a real troubled development history um so you get some weird stuff yeah. um the game doesn't mm-hmm. I, th- I think visually the game doesn't really hold up as well as some as like dark souls one or even demon souls does like some of the some of the texture work is just really like not good um some of a lot of the bosses mm-hmm. are like big dude with a sword kind of thing so that there's you know, oh. a lot of people complain about that um but really the big thing is just the movement like you kind of the thing to know if you're going to go play dark souls 2 is to upgrade your agility stat as much as possible because uh, mm-hmm. until you do that, like it's like moving through sludge. Like you drink Estus slower than you do in Dark Souls One. Like it's like you. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, yeah. You kind of. It's kind of. You just have to put points into it so you get to a certain level. So it, it actually feels like you can move through stuff and dodge things. It's um, but uh, mm. it's got some like some of the storytelling and stuff. Like if you like the characters, like Lucatil's story is is amazing. Some of the DLC and they're like the way that they do stuff with the queens and things like that are just 
really, really mm-hmm. interesting and, and crazy and cool. So it's worth doing. It's, mm-hmm. I think it's worth playing. Uh, it's also the longest Souls game by like maybe a hundred miles. <laughs> like wow. the game feels like it's four hundred hours long, especially with the DLC. But yeah, definitely yeah. don't don't listen to people that say it's it's trash because I don't think it's trash. It's just uh, it's it's you know I, I love all my children equally except for that one over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I think the only impression I know about like this is going to be <laughs> embarrassing again. The only impression I know about Dark Souls Two is. Is Creighton and Paige those mm-hmm. names? Mm-hmm. That's all I know. Like I, I read fic about them. That's oh, it. okay. And that, yeah, so like, oh, this is pretty cool. I guess that would be a common ship because they they have like the most connection of any two NPCs out of the game. Even though it's in the game, they they kind of hate each other. But I can see that being a pretty common ship, yeah. I guess. Yeah, it's definitely like just from their dynamic. It's like, oh, this this has some like ship fodder to it. Like, okay. <laughs> Like, I like the dynamic where, like, two characters, like, are, like, sworn enemies or whatever like that. How, um, like, as you're playing through, like, say, a game like Bloodborne for the first time, like, how long, and, and, and what's the decision? Like, what flips the switch in your head of, like, oh, okay, I like this game enough to go, like, search out ships for it. Like, what, how long does that process usually mm-hmm. take? Like, can you tell pretty quickly, like, oh, I met this person, I want to go see if there's, uh, anything crazy written about them? Or is it... Yeah, like... Yeah, like, um, like with any sort of thing I play, usually, like, there's a line or, like, something that tips it off or something like that. Like, with, um, like, in, like recently, just going off topic, a game that I played recently was Delta Ruin. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's a lot in the game where you can just see that, like, like there's just, I'm not going to say any spoilers because I don't want to spoil anyone. But there's certain lines in the game from certain characters that tips that tips off that, oh, the people are going to make fan art in this specific scene. And I got to seek that out because I'm doing, like, the gears are rotating in my head. That's like, oh, this is this would be a really good subject for, for this fan art or something like that. And so with Bloodborne, it's sort of just like, the two things I remember the most was obviously um, Alfred's, like, Craze rant in the Queen's Chambers and also Lady Maria just like visceralling you when oh, yeah. you <laughs> fight against her. And the theme that like I remember the theme too when I was like trying to get my friends into Bloodborne was like, hey guys, yeah, this game's pretty cool. And also like look at this like hot lady like hugging you only if you're a girl when she <laughs> kills you. And they were like, oh my god, I actually have to play this game. And I was like, sorry, like you can only like beater in the dlc you have to be like a level 80 to get to that point <laughs> sorry but just back up yeah, your like, save so you can do it over and over and over again i was going to do that actually <laughs> was like yeah but pretty much like like yeah like in like in that sense like sometimes it's just like maybe like it's not really a point i would say like a specific point like as long as there's like one sentence or one little lore fact about them that kind of gets the gears of my brain working, that's when I'll go like, oh, okay, I have to go out and see if other people were thinking this exact same thing that I did. <laughs> and if somebody didn't, then I'll usually go ahead and put that out there into the into the world. Because nice. another thing, like just kind of like off topic, but another thing that like lots of people seem to like but never could find content of was um, Ariana and Adela. Mm-hmm. Like, they're the other favorite pairing that I like besides Hunter and Alfred. And sort of just, like, obviously in the game, like, Adela gets jealous if you talk to Ariana because she's pure or vile blood or what have you, say. 
And so if you talk, if you get Ariana, Ariana's blood enough, like Adele's gonna go ahead and kill her. And I guess when you're playing as a boy, it's sort of like, eh, it's kind of, to me, it's like, eh, it's kind of dumb. But when you're playing as a girl, I'm like, oh, this is actually woke. (laughs) (laughs) That she gets jealous of you for talking to this other girl. But it's also like, in my mind, I was like, you know what? Like, I feel like Adela would just chill out if like Ariana like hit on her or something like that. And she would act like so mad about it and be so... She wouldn't like it. Like it would just suck if this hot woman just hit on her. <laughs> Stupid. But like basically, like yeah, like I do ship them a lot because. But even though I like, thought it's like kind of like a rare pair, I would say, mm-hmm. just because that dynamic of like this girl who obviously like hates this other woman and this other woman just does not care. <laughs> it's like really funny. That is really, really funny. Like, yeah, that's really interesting. I don't. I, I. I guess I'd never even heard of that shipping combination. So, I'm, I must be. In the yeah. Park. Of course, I don't really pay like a whole lot of attention to the. the I just get. I just get it by um like osmosis almost, just because I just know so many people that are into Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne that I just kind of pick it up. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of curious. We're at a uh, an interesting point with From Software where they've they've actually got announced games that are about to come out. Uh, mm-hmm. What is your what is your dream video game from 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 software? Uh, like if you could if you could have them do anything, if you could commission them to make a video game, what would it be? Um. <laughs> okay. Like. Okay. Like I was gonna say like the serious answer would like kind of be like Bloodborne too, but although I really don't want it because I already think Bloodborne as a game is already pretty enclosed. Like I don't doesn't really need a sequel at all. But at the same time, like that would be kind of interesting if they did make that, and I want to see how they work on that same formula that Bloodborne had. The other thing, like, the jokey answer, but also kind of serious answer, was like, please put out a gotcha game so I can just get a JPEG of like, like some character that I love, and I can pay like a four hundred dollars for it, please. <laughs> like that would be really good, actually. Like I don't know how the gameplay will work. I just want like. Like, I don't know, just JPEGs of, like, the Bloodborne characters and, like, Summer Elf or something like that for fan service. Like, I don't know. I've asked that question truly to, what I want. like, 155-some-odd people now, um, give or take, and I've never heard Gotcha Game as a response. So that's, a, that's up there with uh, the, the guy that did, that told me that he wants a Bloodborne slash Idol Master game to, to come out. That is, so, that is so good. <laughs> I want that, too, now. Oh, my God. Um, I'm, I ask this this question to quite a few people, and I'm always interested to hear the answer because um, I think Bloodborne and Dark Souls um, has a, a unique ability to affect people's lives um, as video mm-hmm. games. Do you think that that's happened to you? Like, do you think that playing these games um, has changed the way that you are as a person, or even maybe it's just a person who plays video games? Yes, definitely. Like, I'm gonna get really sappy here, sure. but um, up until eating, up in, like up until like playing Bloodborne and Dark Souls and everything like that, um, I like where I'm at right now in my life. I didn't because I was supposed to go to like art school and stuff like that years ago, but mm-hmm. that didn't work out, and I was just kind of depressed about that. And I didn't really like drawing anymore, and that was something I really loved when I was a teenager, and I was just sort of like. Like, I wouldn't really draw that much anymore. Like, I would, like, I literally the longest I went without drawing was, like, a year and a half, two years. And I didn't really draw anything that I liked. Then once I got into Bloodborne, I actually started drawing again. 
And I actually found other people to talk about it with. And it just, like, my life did kind of like a 180, where I was, like, excited to draw again and improve and actually go out and have fun with people and talk about this theme that we all mutually love. And it kind of rubbed off on, like, my friends that I've been with, friends with for a long time because by me drawing, I helped, like, some of my friends, like, get back into drawing as well or having fun. And, like, like she's going to, like, get so mad at me for saying this but with my girlfriend. Like, um, like, I started my Twitter account back in, like, December. Then a couple months later, she found me via another friend. And that's when we started talking. And then, like, months later, we, like, started dating. And, like, I don't want to say that, like, yeah, I got into, like, I, I got a girlfriend because of Bloodborne. Because that sounds, like... <laughs> <laughs> really funny but like like in a way like indirectly like me getting into bloodborne helped me like get back into art and like get over this hump that i had with feeling like kind of depressed because i felt like i couldn't do art anymore i didn't really have the motivation to do it and then i met a lot of good people from it including my girlfriend and that's something that i'm really grateful for that it really kind of helped me overcome a part of myself where I was really depressed that was that I was really depressed about and I realized that I could regain that feeling again I guess you could say and now I feel like I'm about at a point in my life where I'm extremely happy where I am right now and I'm happy that I did get into the series because I can't imagine like what my life would be like if I didn't just from everything that indirectly came from me buying this video game that I thought was just like Gonna, like I thought I was never going to finish in the first place. <laughs> that is the nicest answer. That, like that's the best possible outcome of uh, that, that could happen when you experience something for the first time is you know mm-hmm. having that kind of transformative experience. I think is, is really great. And yeah, sounds like it's unique to, to Bloodborne. And congratulations on you and your girlfriend. That's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I'm really happy about it. Can you tell people where to find you on the internet? Should they want to chase you down and look at some of your art? Yeah, um, I really am only on Twitter. Okay. It is at Good Hunty cool. on Twitter. Um, that's really all I'm at right now. Okay. Um, awesome. But pretty much like, yeah, that's where I'm the most active. And I retweet a lot of stuff. But if you go into my media, you can see all the art that I post because I just typically just only post art. I don't try to post like any memes or reaction images or anything like that. <laughs> well, good deal. I'll, uh, I'll make sure that's linked in the show notes so people can go follow you right now. Go do it. Listen cool. Immediately. Go do that. Um, and thank you for guesting on this episode. I really, really appreciate you coming on and, and just kind of sharing your experience with us. Yeah, no problem. I had an amazing time talking just about like just shippy stuff or how this game series like affected me and just like getting it out there into the world, I guess. And I'm really glad that you have me on the show. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks again for guesting. Um, mm-hmm. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find the podcast at don'tgiveupskeleton.com. That has links to all of the previous episodes, should you want to go back and listen to your faves. Uh, it also has a link to the Patreon if you want to support the show directly. Uh, and it has a link to the merchandise. If you want to put a skelly on your belly, uh, you can go buy the Don't Give Up Skeleton t-shirt right now. Um, also, for some reason, somebody just requested that I put that on a pillow, which is weird. I don't know why you would want to snuggle with the skeleton that I drew in like 10 minutes on an iPad. But sure, if you want to do that, you can now go to buy a skeleton on a pillow for some reason. So congratulations. Uh, <laughs> thank you for everybody that's left good iTunes reviews recently. That's really, really uh, extremely nice. And I'm very much appreciated on my side. We'll be back with another episode next week. And until then, remember, 
don't give up skeleton. I was going to say to you, like, maybe they want a Dakimakura of sure. the skeleton. Okay. <laughs> we can make that happen, I guess. Look, Public has all kinds of options, right? Like, so it can be anything that we want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. That's really funny, though. I guess it's, like, it, it's, it's cute. Like, it'd be cute for, like, having, for, like, Halloween. Yeah.